Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 482. I want to say 482. I'm joined today by Alistair Green, and a lot of you will be very, very excited about that. I've not seen Al do that many podcasts. He's done a few, but a lot of you will have enjoyed his social media work because it's wonderful, because he's wonderful. And yeah, I was really excited. I did a tweet a little while ago saying, who would you like to hear on the podcast? And Alistair was requested a few times. I said I'd be well up for that. He said he'd be well up for that. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are, well up for it. So we had a lovely chat. I'm going to get straight into it. Obviously, we're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Loads of good stuff over there. Patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip is where you can support the podcast for just a dollar a month. And twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pipio is where you can watch all my weekly, often daily creativity and nonsense. So anyway, without further ramblings, this is episode 482 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Mr. Alistair Green. start recording here i've rushed into the record there because we were talking about um <laughs> metal nights uh, in in romford and that's a strong memory for me man i don't think i've really ch- chatted about it in a long time weirdly i was trying to find workout playlists recently and i was trying desperately to remember the name of the metal night at hollywoods to see if anyone had put a playlist together <laughs> yeah because yeah, i thought yeah. i'm now old enough yeah. where i'll be motivated yeah. by angry music yeah. of my teens and yeah, i couldn't yeah, find yeah. anything <laughs> Yeah, you cannot get on that rowing machine without some sound garden. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do my workout today. There's no Metallica. The the thing that has always has got me in recent years, as I've grown up and I got really into hip-hop and learnt about hip-hop a lot, it's always been a mystery to me which hip-hop has crossover to Metal Nights. So Jurassic 5 will get played, Cypress Hill will get played. 100%. The Beastie Boys. But what is the logic? Like, there's no clear distinction of how these were the chosen ones. Yeah, yeah. There was a big crossover. And I think it, I don't know what came first, chicken or egg, but some of it is to do with clothing, merch stuff. Do you remember the old shops that sold, you know, you had basic sort of long sleeved t-shirt things yeah. and they either had pearl jam on them cypress hill you know what i mean there was a or, big crossover or, or with tupac. the bands or tupac yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. tupac r.i.p yeah. yeah oh i suppose he's alive then yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly imagine someone wore that with some sort of suit say oh you mystic meg r.i.p why what's happened wait and see you, you'll find <laughs> out I'm not saying much yeah you'll see Megadeth had a lot of all over print t-shirts and I remember being really excited about all over print a print on the front that's lovely but an all over print that means I'm a real fan I I used to like it when they had the tour dates on the back never (laughs) been to the tour never been to the tour I'm wearing the t-shirt mate (laughs) which one did you go to oh long story long story anyway is Big Ball Brad playing tonight (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, you've been to Reading and Leeds. Yeah. What, same weekend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just got the trade up. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I should introduce you. I'm, I'm joined today by Alistair Green. How are you, sir? Yeah, good, thanks. I'm all right. 
I'm really pleased to be chatting to you because I've watched so much of your stuff, both of your your self-created stuff and things that you're in. So there's mm. loads I want to talk to you about. But do you enjoy podcasts? Because people tend to have a mixed a mixed emotions kind of towards them. Oh yeah, what do it, people it, say? What's the bad thing that people say? I don't know. I I have to really want to do a podcast to do a podcast, if that makes sense. Right. I'm no good at just the turning it on. At just, oh, hi, I'm here. I'm just a guest. I couldn't like, right. it's why right. I'm glad we're kind of past the times of doing, or I, I used to do it a bit when I did music. Occasionally we'd have to do like regional radio stuff. And I was awful because I can't do that kind of, hey, yeah. I'm here and we're going to be playing on Thursday at the yeah. at wherever else. Yeah. I can't do that. But yeah, I think that's, there's some people who just love jumping on podcasts and there's some that you always strike me as someone who likes to do what they want to do if that makes sense right is that the case yeah 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 i think that's true yeah i mean with podcasts i do get asked to do a lot of them i don't do most of them mainly because i don't know the people i mean we've never met but i like your stuff and you know i've listened to your stuff before and seen you before and thought oh no that'd be fun but a lot of the time i just think oh i can't i can't be bothered it's mostly that it's mostly, I think, a lot of when people ask you to podcast, you think, well, what for? But, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to sort of have a chat or whatever. I, you know, I it's do a lot of that as well. For me. Because exactly right, as you're right, saying there, right. if you don't know what it's going to be, you're aware it's normally going to be an hour. And my nightmare right, is the thought right, of starting right. being 10 minutes in and going, ah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah. for an hour and yeah. I'm not enjoying well, this. I'll tell, I'll tell you the worst ones are when they go, they, they message me and they go, do you want to do a podcast? I go, yeah, maybe. Well, as long as it involves no prep, I'm not doing any prep for, for a yeah. podcast. And I go, no, it's no, no prep at all. And then the day before they go, oh, by the way, here's 48 questions you have to have an answer for. Yeah. Like that stuff, I go, it winds me up because I think, oh, God, you know, it's just a lot of, and you know, it just seems a lot of hard work. But what, what I'm saying is yours is so rubbish. You've got no, <laughs> you make no effort. There's no questions. You don't You're need winning it. anything. We'll make it up <laughs> as we go along. Um, that's the- better. I think that's the better way of doing things. For me, that's the, the best podcasts are the ones where the format is so loose that you can just go, you know, you can just sort of go off on one. The small advantage of those ones that have set questions or a theme or a topic is that they can have anyone on and it can be a good yeah. podcast i yeah. turn down a lot of people f- f- for the same reason i turned down g- 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 going on podcasts because i think yeah i don't know that person and if i'm not going to enjoy this for an yeah. hour i'd rather not yeah, do yeah, it yeah. i've got mates yeah. i won't name any of them but i've got mates who've got podcasts that have a set here's the same questions every episode that have had people on that i've talked to them after the podcast and they're like yeah i'm not really sure sure what he does like, like, like right. that's, that's how little research they've done, but it's such an easy yeah. format that they could just go, yeah, I got pitched them and we had them on and it was fine. Right, so it's kind right. of, it's a good get out. But yeah, homework ahead of the podcast is a nightmare. Yeah, I think some of them are good to, like stuff like Off Menu I like because they can go back to the, you know, they can go back to some format, even if it's quite loose, you can yeah. sort of work your way back to it if you need to. Yeah, and it's weird actually because we're, we're saying that, but I've heard you on some great podcasts that have homework. So uh-huh. it's it, again, it genuinely comes down to if you can be asked or not on all of these things, like um, Moon Under the is it Moon Under oh, the yeah. Stars? Yeah, yeah, Can't, yeah. I've yeah. been yeah. on Moon, it. Moon, Moon Under the Water. Yeah, that's Moon a, Under that's the a, Water. Actually, to be to be fair, just to throw back on what I said, yeah, there was a lot. Of, there wasn't a lot of prep, but there was a bit of prep for that. But that one was fun actually. 
Yeah. You know, what, what I'm saying is there's no logic to anything I say. You should disregard it. I just twitch. <laughs> all, I do, all I do is moan and then people go, yeah, but what about that? I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's actually, that's actually all right. <laughs> that's actually good. But how's, I mean, I like to g- genuinely ask, like, how's your week coming along? What's been going uh, on? Is it is it a good week? Is it a bad week? Are you... Uh, well? a, lot of, a lot of things annoying me this week. I mean, things annoy me every week, like... There's a wet, there's a uh, water stain on the ceiling in the kitchen. That's annoying me because I've got to get the council to speak to them upstairs and sort it all out. And I've just found out it's a le- it's actually a leak. One of their pipes is leaking. A builder told me that, and I believed him. So yeah, just a lot of yeah. I don't know when you've got a lot of things to do. It's quite stressful. You know, I don't know where yeah. to start on on things. <laughs> I've literally said one thing. There's a water stain on the ceiling. I don't know where to begin. No, but you alluded to more because a builder told you it was a leak. That means there's been Ooh. a builder somewhere. So it's all you've you've right. laid it beautifully there. There's 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 a depth to the story that we right. don't know as listeners. Right. I want to make it really clear I've got friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's as close to a friend as I've got. I just ring up a builder. <laughs> do you want to come round? Anyone? Do you want to read my electricity meter? Yeah, come on, come on, let's be part of it. Uh, I mean, obviously, when there's annoying things going on and things annoying you, obviously, by the nature of the use of the word annoying, it's annoying. But how much of it also kind of sparks off and you go, well, I'm going to get a character or a little bit or a sketch out of that. How much of of there is... mining your own misery and turning it into <laughs> into a positive i think some some of the stuff i do is purely motivated by that it's a thing that a, a thing that will annoy me so much that i'll i'll deliberately write something to make that point you know yeah. you know you know i'm trying to think of an example but it's, it's about 50 percent things i've just noticed and then i think are funny and just spun them out into something longer and they're, they're the ones that are normally the sort of single take ones. Or I'll overhear someone say something and think, oh, that's quite, you know, I know that person. Or sometimes it's something that will just annoy me so much that I will start from scratch and build something around it so that you'll get the point. If you're watching it, you go, all right, see the point. Without hitting someone over the head with a hammer, really. But so, yeah, so, so, so often it's written through pure sort of frustration at something. I think probably social media guides that a bit because you see people coalescing around an opinion that's wrong. And you go, oh, God, you know, this is so annoying that people think that. Yeah. I mean, probably there's no point to even pushing against that, but I, it's basically a way to say, no, you're wrong. Yeah. That, that's what I'm doing. I'm going, you're wrong. 100%. And just the- putting it into it. It's just a different way of communicating that objection to discourse or whatever and, and a weirdly more productive way because as you say right. trying to actually argue against these things in a genuine manner is just pointless because there's right. too many dickheads and too much nonsense right. I, was, I was watching a guy this morning who was explaining that the reason he thinks the earth is flat is because of our eyes and we've all got eyes and that was the bit right. that he kept coming back to we've all got eyes right you know as if that proves his point but <laughs> The colour bit of our eyes is like a straight line under the dome and he believes the earth, we live on that straight line and there's like a dome that's like the eye over it. And then he kept coming back as if it proves on it again. Because, you know, we've all got eyes. It's like, no, yeah, I get that. I I get that bit. I'm I'm with you up to that point. Yeah. (laughs) He'd drawn it out and everything. He'd drawn a little picture. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's yeah. stuff behind the eyes and there's stuff under the under us, but, you know, I mean, we've all got eyes. That, that stuff, I think, I mean, flat earth stuff, I don't engage with at all. I don't think I've ever mentioned it in any, anything I've done, purely because I think and hope it's, it's, so, it's such a negligible presence or yeah. problem that I, I think it's not it's even not worth considering. <laughs> and, and you're just, you're, you're also, you're sinking into that world of like madness. If you even engage with it, it's the same as chemtrails, really. It's so mad that it's not worth engaging with. And it doesn't really, I don't know if it affects anyone directly, as opposed to sort of other conspiracy theories, which, which are, you know, more, stu- more sort of um, more, make them more difficult to, you know, live. And yeah. sort of, you know, if they're, if, they're, if they're disrupting your life in some way or annoying you, or if it's growing, you know, some stuff, I guess, is dangerous, like 9-11 conspiracies or whatever, or... I mean, maybe it's good to push back on all of this stuff, really, because yeah. it's all part of that same idea that, you know, we're being lied to about. And you go, well, the real crime is, you know, your government are doing this to you or, the, you know, this government is doing this. There's no conspiracy. They're doing it in open fucking broad daylight. Call yeah. them out on it. You know what I mean? There's enough things to be pissed off about without you, you know, pissing around with flat earth stuff. You want to be, a, you know, it's there in plain sight. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. With uh, it, it annoyed me a lot j- during Trump's presidency when people would be coming up with stuff that can't really be verified to get angry with him about. And it's like, right, we don't need to get angry about that. There's loads of stuff that's clear in yeah. front of us. Like he's literally tweeting it or he's literally on vi- yeah. video doing it. And let's forget about this bit that supposedly it's a he right. planned it all along and it was this and it was that. No, right. let's. Let's get angry for the real reasons. That's, a, that's actually a really, really, really good example as well about things like Pizzagate or, you yeah. know, this 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 idea that Hillary Clinton and a bunch of other people were, I don't know what they were doing, abusing children in a pizza hut shop or whatever, the basement yeah. of a pizza or something mad like that, which did have a quite a considerable amount of traction, so which did become problematic. But how you even begin to tackle something so insane is, I don't, I don't know how you do it. And yeah. again, it's another example of going, well, it's in plain sight. You've got Jeffrey Epstein actually doing this stuff. You know, yeah. these people are doing it for for real, and you're, you know, you're, you're coming up with this weird conspiracy theory. Yeah, and I, you I know, mean, it's actually happening. I'm always up for talking about pizza, but you know, it, 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 let's. <laughs> you know, pizzas again, are flat, there's, right? There's better you know ways to talk around. <laughs> do you? We've exactly. all got eyes. We've all got eyes. We've all got eyes. It's undeniable, really. <laughs> Our eyes are kind of like cow's own, so like the flat bit, and then over the top, it all links together. Yeah. I should kind of explain for anyone who's not aware, I first became aware of you because of the videos that you do on social media. A Brett Goldstein, our mutual friend, would go on about them all the time and share them all. And like all things on social media... I ignore it the first few times and then that's, go that's all right yeah. okay I've had four I've had four opportunities to watch this I will watch it right. on the fifth right. Um, right and then and then became yeah. completely addicted so when did you start kind of doing these things you, yourself and how did it all kind of of take off because they are just often ca- ca- characters and observations as such or observations through characters I guess yeah but I think sort of 2019 started doing it. And then I can't remember the first couple were just, I think it was just mucking about on my phone and posting something, yeah. not really thinking about it. Because it and was then back not, then, it was back then that 
that, that Brett was talking about, because I'm sure I heard on another podcast and they kept referencing you started doing them during the pandemic. And I was thinking, I'm sure no. I was watching them before all of that. And, yeah, yeah, no, it was, way, it was way before that. Well, it wasn't way before that, but it was 2019. And then, and then once I sort of realised what it was, I, I kind of did a lot. I could do them quite quickly. And then a promoter contacted me, show and tell uh, company contacted me and said, do you want to put them on in the cinema? Yeah. And that's the first time I did that at the cinema, Prince Charles Cinema in London, where we put them all together into a film. And I thought, oh, right, it's a film. So, and I didn't think anyone come, and then it's, it's, it's sold out. So I thought, oh, right, maybe this is a thing. And that was 2019. So I can't remember where, not maybe September, October or whatever. So it was already a, a thing then. And then obviously we had the pandemic in March. And I'd, I'd already had some other shows booked in, which then got cancelled. But so then the pandemic, it's sort of weird to think of that really, that, you know, we're only really emerging from that now, yeah. you know, so I don't know. But anyway, so that's, that's when it started. And then, um, yeah, and then I sort of hit upon a formula. And I mean, back then there wasn't that many people doing that kind of thing. I don't no. think, I mean, no. there probably was a few, but, um, and then, so I think really the pandemic, a lot of people kind of turned to it. And now it's kind of, I've noticed like there's a formula to a lot of stuff you see now, particularly sort of TikTok stuff or whatever, of writing it, which I don't really adhere to. Or mine, I try and ignore that really. Yeah. You know, I don't see anyone doing what I'm doing. It's just, I think that's one of the sort of frustrations really of doing stuff online is that, especially if you talk to sort of people in TV or whatever, and they go, oh, you're one of those, they think that everyone online does the same thing. When yeah. really, you look at what people are doing online, there's so much variety. Yeah. There's mu- more than, much more than TV, much more. In terms of sketches or characters or whatever, people can knock this stuff out. Yeah, it happens with all of these things that people, I remember right. when podcasting, like I've been doing this a while now, I remember people would go, I'm, I'm not really into podcasts. It's like, Right. You know, it's not a specific thing. It's 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 a it's it's a right. a, a medium. It, it can be anything. There's probably is a podcast that you would be into. It's like saying I'm not into music. It's like there's loads of different music, yeah. and yeah. similarly, people will bunch your a content creator or a TikToker or whatever else or an right. an online right. comedian. And yeah, they'll think it's a certain thing, and you'll be like, well, no, there's. Right. There's so much out there. But just quickly, I mean, how great is the Prince Charles, man? I think they're such an important place for putting on. Yeah. Because they put on what the fuck they want to put on, it seems. And they can turn around and yeah. a promoter can go, oh, we want to put on a compilation of Alistair Green's uh, Instagram yeah. or Twitter videos. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. They're lovely people. They're great. They do a good job there. It's one of those places as well where you think, when it, if it closes one day, you'll go, oh, I wish I'd gone there more. So yeah. I think people should go there, you know, make sure you support those kind of places, I think. I used to curate a film night there and had the exact thing that you're talking about of I started to, you know, really struggle and have to push really hard to get people in the door. And then as soon as I stopped, not a week goes by without someone asking me to to bring back the film night or, or, mm. or they never got to make it along. It's like... Mm. You should have come when it was on then, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that, yeah, that right, applies for right, all of the right, Prince Charles right. stuff. It's like, yeah, it's easy yeah. to see that what they're putting on and go, oh, that's great. Yeah. But then actually, actually attend and, and support. Yeah. It's a weird one. Do you ever feel pressure with big news stories or current events to do some kind of comment or, or reference to it? Or are you good at letting an idea guide you? Like, if an idea comes naturally, you go with it. Do you ever find yourself going, well, what? what can I do on this 
on this subject? Sometimes. If it's, I think probably I used to do that more maybe in the pandemic because everyone was at home and everyone's online and we're watching the same stupid speech by Boris Johnson or whatever or Matt Hancock or whatever. And I think at that time it's like, it's kind of a communal experience, you know, that you can take the piss out of this thing. It doesn't interest me as much as other stuff. I mean, the brutal sort of uh, cynical reality of it is if you do that stuff, you get a lot more traction online because mm. people like that, you know, and they, and Twitter rewards if you, you people like retweeting political opinions that align with their own so that their own followers can see what type of person there are. They are you know, yeah. you know, you want to say, I am this person. So I think that there's that element to it. So, it, yeah, sometimes I still do that sometimes but it's less and less really just it's quite one of the things with it, the problems with that is it's quite ephemeral so you know Liz, Liz Truss can do a speech or whatever and then by tomorrow everyone's moved on and you've spent quite a bit of time on it I'd also think there's people who do that better than me that that kind of stuff so let them do that there's a couple that I go back to now and again like Matt, Matt Hancock I go back to now and again even though it's sort of more funny to me that he's completely irrelevant now um, <laughs> so he still kind of makes me laugh as a character I don't know what yeah. it is there's a few of them, those are you know who were around at the time, like Grant Shapps, Matt Hancock. Those kind of, they're kind of you know, I don't know how you describe those people, but yeah, y- you know what I mean. So yeah, but but so so sometimes respond to something the news, but again, like the news is so fast moving now that you do something about it, the next day it's over. You know, you get yeah. one or two days longevity at it, and if I'm thinking about doing you know sh- showing things in six months time you know on a cinema screen or whatever i don't people going wait who's that who's that again so who, who's yeah. quasi quarantine who, who yeah you know so it's uh it's quite it's quite fast fast moving so and 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 tough with the tories because it is which job was that tory doing at that point because they do all just right. shuffle around <laughs> and go out yeah. of the public eye and back in and yeah oh, oh, what yeah. scandal was was yeah. attached to to that one but it must be a buzz for you when something does just present itself and the one that always comes to mind for me is i swear i saw them almost on back-to-back tweets when that when the jubilee was happening and that guy had his story of walking with the queen and they bumped into some tourists and then you perfectly sent that up and adapted it and it felt like this is just yeah they've 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 given you a, a a free ball there it's like an open goal it seemed perfect that must be a buzz yeah. it's like, right i can do that immediately this is yeah. this is easy <laughs> that's one of those ones as well where i wonder uh, where i saw, i don't generally read the replies now but some ones like that i do because i wonder if people are annoyed or not because i'm not really that one i'm not really taking the piss out of anyone i'm just doing impression of a guy going oh, it's she had a wicked sense of humour, and then you know yeah. when it's quite a boring thing. But so yeah, but it also with someone like the Queen, people get very angry on either side about she's quite a sort of divisive figure, obviously. Well, or, well, I can't remember if I apologised to you because I retweeted that one, and I had some of my American followers annoyed, but annoyed at the Queen because they didn't realise it was a parody <laughs> and a joke. They thought it was a genuine story, and they're like. I don't know why people are finding this amusing. That's incredibly rude of her. I don't care who you are. You shouldn't talk yeah. to people like that. And all this, I'm like, how are you? How is this? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a funny one with social media where sometimes you think, 
what, how could you possibly think this is real? Yeah. As opposed to like some other yeah. stuff you think, oh, I can see why people, you know, you think that that might be real. But I don't know. Even then, I don't think I've ever seen anything and thought, oh, I don't know if that's real or not. Mate, I had to conf- confess it on a podcast recently because I, I had Charlie Cooper on from from this country, yeah. and genuinely, the first time I turned on that, I'd always, I think I, I said to him or or to the director, I'd always thought that people who say, "Oh yeah, when the office came out," there's loads of people who just thought it was a documentary. I always thought, "Fuck off!" They did. That's such bollocks. Yeah. No one thought it was yeah. a documentary. Yeah. I flicked over to the first episode of this country. And me and my brother had at least ten minutes of going. Is this real? This is the most amazing. Yeah. And then it clicked. But genuinely had that moment. So where I've previously turned my nose up at people claiming to, to oh yeah, I didn't know. It's like no, hundred percent did. So I guess it happens. I think that's probably why it's that that program is so good though, is because yeah. it's rooted in stuff. They never go too, uh, you know, too mad. It's yeah. rooted, always rooted in some sort of reality. I've never seen observations as tight as those on that show. Like yeah, that thing with the pizza in the oven or putting it on a different shelf and all that is yeah. so funny. Yeah. The, the, and just because it's such a well-observed thing, I yeah. think that's a good that's a good sort of way to write, maybe. And just all the references as well, they never go for the big everyone will... Not that everyone will get it, but, but everyone will relate to it. But it just means that when you do, it means all the more. I always remember me and my brother just cracking up when at one point Curtin's talking about I'm, sh- I'm sure it's Curtin he's talking about uh, being the, the the last one there and everyone's l- left and it's all these younger kids now and he just pulls and went I'm Tony in Hollyoaks and I've not watched Hollyoaks in years but I knew exactly who he meant and it was such a yeah. fucking deep cut it was yeah it's perfect. Uh, also, I really like that commitment to not giving a fuck about uh, the American market for selling your format abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. funny. Yeah, I love it. It's well, so I mean, specific. You, you mentioned not keeping an eye on, on replies and that. How good are you at, or do you keep an eye on, on numbers and does it influence you? Because, it, you know, particularly with anything on social media or anything in anything in the entertainment industry, if you have something that goes down well, it can even subconsciously make you start wanting to do more of that kind of one rather than what you actually want to do. Where have you landed on all that, I guess? I'm I'm very sort of careful with my exposure to social media. So I'll post stuff now and again, but I make a conscious effort to not be near my phone for like big amounts of the day. I think you have to be careful if you're, if you're, if you follow news a lot, it's very tempting because Twitter is really rolling news a lot of the time. Well, it depends what accounts you follow, but rolling actual news, cultural news, whatever, you know, you'll see something trending, Chesney Hawks or whatever. You go, what's, what's that about? You know, and you, tr- you want to keep up with these things. So I try and sort of stay out of it. Sometimes I really replies. In answer to the uh, question, no, it doesn't guide me really. One time I did a Matt Hancock video and I did it, I saw that it had about a million views or something and then I, I maybe did it again after that and then I sort of got bored of it. But, you know, sometimes I think, oh, you're too thick to understand that one. You know, sometimes I'll do a good one and I'll think, you're just too fucking stupid. Or like, also mine are not, I don't, I'm, I don't cut on a lot of mine. It's yeah. one take, which is completely against the grain of how people do social media, especially TikTok stuff comedy stuff so i think maybe people switch off <laughs> yeah. like oh fucking hell what's this what's just such just some prick talking 
So, uh, no. Sometimes I'll notice it and think, oh, that one hit a nerve, and I won't know why, you know. But I, don't, I deliberately don't title them as, as obvious things either. Sometimes they're titled something quite obscure or abstract. Like yeah. there's one called Beef. Which it's called Beef when really it could be called, you know, upper middle class woman alienated from her child or something like that yeah, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. but that feels to me quite heavy but and then but then other times I call them what they are there's like a guy uh, it's called man trying to impress a barmaid or something like that and it's just a, some guy being annoying to a barmaid but so sometimes, sometimes but once like that I never assume that one's very popular which I didn't really assume that I just thought it was you know but then you really you could sort of figure it out you go all oh, right this is a very common experience for yeah. women who've worked in it makes a lot of sense i mean i did one the other day about uh, called passive aggressive script supervisor and it's kind of this woman who on on field set if you're filming something after a woman comes over an ipad and goes yeah you got that one totally wrong that line do you want to do it again you really did make a pig's ear of it like that kind of thing and yeah. I, I think it did okay but then i thought um Oh, probably a more universal thing. I could have easily done that one and called it a passive-aggressive uh, uh, shop manager or something. And it probably would have got a lot more yeah. attraction because it's a more universal experience. And I did think straight after, I thought, oh, it might be quite interesting to record it word for word. Well, not word for word, slightly change the wording and call it passive-aggressive shop manager and then watch what happens. But uh, I didn't bother. <laughs> I didn't bother mainly because I think people would think I'm just being lazy. And I'd be curious. I might do that. I might do that. I, I I love it because that is again it's niche but it's incredibly r- r- relatable that again the idea that all you're trying to do in this s- s- scene is get the exact I had one recently which I didn't have a lot to do but I did have to walk in and I had this thing and I had to stick my head through and all this and I kept saying we'd be there before noon and I was meant to say we'd be there by noon and every mm. time she'd come up and yeah. you said by yeah, noon, yeah, yeah. you said before noon again, didn't you? Yeah. Can we, ooh, yeah, could yeah. we try and make sure you get it as, but yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's know. Horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was the yeah. thing that I had like one line. I was there for one day. I had one line in it. Yeah, it was yeah. all the worst. If yeah. you're in a, a bigger role, it's like, you can take this, but yeah. oh, I'm meant to get one line and I can't, can't get yeah. it. I'm a fucking amateur. But also I think I sort of think, oh, come on. And what difference does it make? Just, you know what I mean? My character's not important. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Just let me have yeah. it. I mean, how do you find that then? Because since your stuff blew up online, that stuff that you're in complete control of, you're, you're the script editor, you're the, the cameraman, you're everything. How do you find it on sets? Because you were in or are in uh, the award-winning the great with Ellie Fanning and, and Nicholas Holt and previous guest Sasha Dwan, and particularly with period stuff, there's a lot going on, and there's often not a lot of room for for or, or not a lot of wriggle room as such. So, acting, I think, in general, is the most is it almost feels to me as if the one of the jobs that you might be unaware, but you're the least in control. Like, there's so many other people in control. The cameraman, the director, all of these, the editor. There's so much that's out of your control. So I guess, how do you find that, uh, going from the two? So, something like The Great is it, such a well-written show. And every, yeah. Everyone on it is so good. I just don't have, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I haven't got the ego to go, oh, guys, I think it should be like this. I just, yeah. I'm happy to be there. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm just like, tell me what to do and I'll do the best I can do, you know. 
Because most, I mean, most, uh, not most stuff, but a lot of stuff I just turn down that I get offered. But so it's really only, it's nearly always either people I know, although I didn't know anyone on the great, they just offered it to me. But that show, I just, I can, you know, it's nothing to do with me, how, how they do it. You know, it's just, I'll do the best I can with what, you know, you tell me if it's shit I and mean, I'll do yeah. it different. You know what I mean? Like, I'm quite happy to um, play that role um, on a show like that. Which I, I'm not a massive part of, of, of that show. But I know I really, uh, I really enjoy it. It's a totally different kind of experience, obviously, because it's, as you say, it's a, it's a big show with a lot of different cast in scenes who all you know, say something. So it takes a long time to just do one yeah. scene, can be like half a day or even a day, you know. But yeah, so it's, a, it's interesting. It's just a completely different kind of, you know, a, a completely different sort of thing to do. I mean. How was it then to work with someone who m- must be an inspiration, an icon in in Mr. Alan Partridge? Um, there was a, a a load of people who who I know who got to do bits on this time or things like that. And again, I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine being on set. And again, it's not. In, I mean, I'm a big fan of Steve Coogan, but it's not even Steve Coogan w- walking on. It's Alan Partridge walking on or being. So do, do you know, know what happened on that? It's quite sort of degrading for me, but I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, want to know. Yes, okay. I think it was. I think it was the brothers who write it. Um, the Gibbons. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was Neil or someone like that had seen a lot of my stuff and they asked me to do it. And and they didn't really tell me what it involved. They're like, "Oh, you just just come in and you do a bit of improv out a window, you know." And, and Steve's going to run outside on the street and shout. I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then I got there and there was a sort of script on the day and I thought, oh, right, um, okay. And then in the end, I was just up in this window in this building. I don't know if they used it, but I fucked it up. Um, I, I fucked up the line because I looked out the window. I've never done this before. This is so unprofessional. I looked out the window and I was like, and I saw him shout at me. And in my head, I was like, oh, my God, it's Adam Partridge. And I just <laughs> forgot the line. I totally fucked it up. Exactly. And I'll That's right. I completely, I can see I, that I've happening. I've never told anyone this, but yeah. it's funny you should mention that because the video I did the other day called Passive Aggressive Script Supervisor, that was from that show. Even though the script supervisor was 100% not passive aggressive, they were really nice and they were yeah. just trying to help. But 100% someone, someone said to me, is there anything we can do to help you remember the line? And that stuck in my head. It was like a traumatising thing to say. But they didn't mean it in a bad way. They're like, we've got to get this, uh, yeah. you know, we've got to get this shot. And I was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. But it was like, and in the end, you, couldn't, you can't see me. No one knows I'm in there because you can't see me, thank God. Like, right, the camera's like miles away and I'm just in the window. But a weird thing happened online where people were like, oh, my God. This is a, but some people were, were tweeting about it going, this is a brilliant in-joke. It's, it's a great, in his room and he's, he's just come to the window. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, the reality is they didn't trust me to do more than that, quite rightly as well. If you're um, a casting director or a writer, listen to this, do not cast me anything. I'm completely incapable uh, and I would advise against it. I love that I intentionally frame the question because i would have the exact same thing of just being on set with alan oh and again the fact that you did you up there you look over fuck that's alan that's alan partridge <laughs> which yeah. i completely I relate just like I, I didn't freeze or anything i mean i don't go oh this this you know not in awe or anything i was just like oh right i used to watch that show i was like that in my head just in another <laughs> world and then i was like oh shit <laughs> i love it i spoke to 
a Charlie Cooper recently, as I mentioned, and he was saying he recently had a load of scenes with Adrian Brody, and numerous times Adrian Brody be delivering his amazing lines, and Charlie, rather than being prepared to react or do his lines, just kept thinking, "Fucking hell, that's Adrian Brody." It's like, no, no, yeah. stop thinking that. Get and as soon as you yeah. want to get something out of your head, you can't help but that's the only thing that's going to yeah. be in your head. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, kind of a combination of of two things here because you spoke about you often just do things that are mates of yours but then we've also talked about the great being a huge production and coogan and partridge being a huge thing how was ted lasso because it's a weird combination there because brett goldstein obviously a friend of yours obviously very relaxed but by the time you were in an episode it was probably the biggest show on the planet or one of it's like it's now brett's won emmys two years in a row for it the writing has won Emmy. everything it's this huge show so could you go on and just be there with your mate? Or did you, you know, was it more of a, oh shit, <laughs> I've come on because a mate's asked me to do this and it's a mate's thing, but it's also a fucking huge, huge show. I mean, he just messaged me and went, do you want to be in Ted Lasso? And I went, yeah, sure. I mean, that's really how most, <laughs> I would say 90% of things I'm in are that is someone messaging me. So this very, very rarely, and I know I'm not sort of sounding like a, or annoying anyone here but very rarely there's a casting director or anything like that basically so I just it's just easier if it's a mate you know so he just said do you want to do this thing and I went yeah sure I don't know if I've gotten him into trouble for that but um he'll get over it but anyway uh <laughs> yeah I just thought oh I don't want to I don't want to get this wrong so yeah. um yeah it's interesting that it's sort of a different experience I mean it's quite similar to the great really although I think I remember with Ted, Ted Lasso I remember it they, they sort of change the script when you're doing it or you do one and they go, what about say this? And they sort of change quite a few lines, I think, in the end. But um, no, that was really, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I didn't have that thought at the time, like, oh, this is a, this is a massive show. I, don't, I think I just thought, oh, I'll try and do this. I'll try and not be shit for my mate. Brett that's basically, that's my acting technique. Let's do it. I, I love it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about you probably won't know this because I'm not. I'm sure you're not keeping an eye on the news, but self-esteem was robbed of a Mercury last night. I think they. Sh- I think she sh- should have won the Mercury. When I was getting into st- self-esteem for Rebecca coming on the podcast, going through the music videos, and who pops up but old old Al Green? How did that come about, and how was that? It's all in, in, in Margate as well. So again, it's, yeah, it's where it's my partner I, I lives. So I was, it was all very. F- familiar and unfamiliar i think she asked me i can't remember now but yeah yeah that was fun yeah that was uh yeah just down in margate did that for the day yeah so uh, i've never been to margate before i love it's it nice and just playing yeah, yeah. a shit boyfriend basically yeah i was playing a, yeah i think the idea was it was a sort of it was sort of a piss take off another video that i wasn't i wasn't familiar with and i've forgotten what it was now like a, it was sort almost a, a sort of parody of of, of music videos and I'll, but in the end, yeah, I was just—I was just basically a prick, yeah. And then she gets annoyed with me, and then, you know, it's kind of a sort of story, I think, of a, a rubbish boyfriend who who uh, she doesn't realise until you know she's initially sort of uh, swept up yeah. in this sort of romance, and I turn out to be uh, a, a prick, which really most most people are aware of quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I thought well, I'd I, this take three minutes. I, yeah. I, I, I swear, I'm not just going to work th- through your IMDb. 
But there's two more things I really want to talk about. And one of them is Flowers, because I think that was one of the most underrated shows. I think Will Sharp's amazing. Olivia Coleman, Julian Barrett, Daniel Rigby, Georgina Campbell, Desiree Akavans, Sophie DiMartino, who blew up again in Loki recently. How was that to work on? Because it's a proper dark, serious comedy, if that makes sense. It's a really weird mix, like tonally. It really stands out. I can't think of anything else like it that is on such heavy heavy and dark s- subjects, but is so funny and the characters are so beautifully observed. H- how was that? Yeah, that was, that was great. That was uh, Will Sharp, who, who yeah. writes it and directs it. He's a really talented guy. This is quite a few years ago now. I don't think I was doing much then, but I remember him asking me to come. I think I'd met him. And I can't remember now. I think I'd already met Will once or twice through, through a mutual friend. And then he asked me to come in to audition for it. And there wasn't any script. And he said, well, just talk, you know, just talk, just talk about anything. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just improvised, you know, I just literally oh, wow. talked utter shit for like two minutes. And he recorded <laughs> it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we'll use that. So, and that was that. I, I can't remember much about it. I think it was filmed in this weird house. I certainly didn't. Because I hadn't, obviously, that was the first series of it, so I hadn't seen it. So I had no idea it would look like that. Yeah. You know, he's got a very particular way of making something look and feel that, I mean, I suppose you can't tell when you're filming stuff, I don't know. But yeah. but obviously the script was funny and there was a lot of sort of dark stuff in it. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have any idea of what it would what it would look like in the end or what it would be. But, he's, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of, a lot of ideas going on. Yeah, he's really good. I had him on the podcast and just picked at his brain as much as I could because I think he, it's, it, exactly as you, you say, he's got so many ideas and such a, a distinct a distinct voice, the most annoying thing that people always say with scripts, but he has got a distinct voice and a, a, mm. a distinct style about him. And yeah, I think he's a really interesting dude. I'm excited for all that's, all that's ahead for him. And it's weird. I never really think about that until someone mentions it, that when something has got such a a visual style, the actors aren't going to know about that until it comes out. If you think of the Coens or or whomever else kind of thing, where it's such a, a visual style, it doesn't look like that when you're filming it. That's all kind of exactly, in the camera yeah. and in the lighting and all this. So that must yeah. be mad to then go, oh, right, that's where I was. I'm in yeah. there. I was Probably, in that yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe someone more experienced would notice things that I didn't like. They'd notice, you know, I was putting on that lens. That means they're going to you know, it's going to look like that or whatever. But, you know, you don't really notice those things, or I don't anyway. Yeah. I just, you know, no, I had no idea what it, would, what it would come out like. But that's actually sort of a big component of it is that kind of feel of it, I think. Yeah. That aesthetic that he's got. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, the last one I want to kind of talk about is Ghosts. And I mainly want to talk about it because I had Tim Key on and he was saying... Ghost feels like a show he probably would have been in, but he isn't in it because there's, there's so many comedians in it, and it, and it got me thinking about yeah, what shows I would like, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that you were in Friday Night Dinner. That's one that I'd yeah. be like, oh, was he? Yeah, that makes sense. And Horrible Histories, I'd believe. What shows that you haven't been in? Do you think people would be least surprised to hear? Right to hear well, that you I, were. I, I, I tell you what, I was, I was saying the other day. I go. I, I described um, the film Paddington as that film with some of the comedians in because <laughs> yeah. there's certain films where you go, oh, right, he's in that, or he's in that. And I think, 
the, the latest one, so I'll tell you the latest one, because people keep going to me, oh, I had a, people keep going to me, oh, I had a weird one. I'd, um, I'm, in, I'm in the new Barbie film. I go, what? There's like some sort of Barbie film. But you always notice when there's like three, if more than two comedians say, you go, all oh, right, so there's some comedians in that film. I don't yeah. really get asked. I'm not in that world, really. I'm a bit outside. I, I'm sort of outside of all that stuff, really. Yeah. But now and again, I mean, Ghosts was the guys um, just messaging me and going, do you want to be in Ghosts? I was like, yeah, sure. It's because I like the show. So they're sort of the nicest people. They're people you go, come on, you must have, you, you've got bodies under the patio or something. They're too nice. Yeah. You know? It doesn't surprise me at all because you look at that whole cast and they're all, all, all of the ones I know are absolutely l- l- lovely. All the ones I don't know, I'm a fan of. And it just feels like, yeah. how's this yeah. How's this all so easy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, just a really nice... I mean, I was just... Uh, yeah, I, I just did this little bit in, in one episode. It's just a re- just one of those sort of things where everyone's... Just a nice day at work, really. Every, everyone's nice and um, friendly and very little guidance, actually. Just do it how you want it. But really, you know, it, it was really good. I love it. I'm now. I'm now just... I'm trying to think of more things, I wouldn't be su- surprised to hear you. And Paddington's a great one. It wouldn't be, yeah. it wouldn't have surprised me if I'd, I'd looked on your IMD and Paddington was on there. What was the, there was a, a Beauty and the Beast or something recently. No, is it Beauty and the Beast? That R- R- Ramesh and Acaster were both mice in it. I've not seen it, I've just heard oh, them really? talk about it. And again, it was just very much, clearly it was a load of comedians like, oh, well, we'll get some right. comedians as the mice right and- it's funny that isn't it? yeah yeah it's funny I don't think I yeah I can't think of anything I've been offered like that of like the thing that has a lot of comedians in it there's a few in production that I noticed like, a lot of people in yeah I mean I'm not I, I sound like I'm put out by that <laughs> But so, I didn't get asked. A lot of people that I know in there, yeah. no one's mentioned yeah. it to me. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start to, to, to wrap things up by asking, what's ahead? Because you've done all this amazing TV and stuff. Again, it turns out just purely because someone happened to ask you. <laughs> someone yeah. happened to say, do you want to do this? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. not? But you're also creating all this amazing stuff online. Do you have desires to write for TV or film? Are you just wanting to create for yourself? Do you want to write for other people? Like, what is the plan going forward? I guess. So, in the immediate future, I've got I'm doing a tour of cinemas, which I haven't announced yet. That will start in uh, December. It's like ten dates that I'm doing all around the UK, and the idea is. It's a film, like I've done before, but slightly different stuff in it. And it's a film about the UK. It's a film about England. And I do sort of want to sell it that way. It's a legitimate film about England. But it's my sketches put together, right? It's just, it's a film that no one's made a film like that before. And I've done it, obviously done it on my phone in my front room. So there's a part of me that's sort of, I'm sort of mocking myself a little bit. But also I'm saying, no, 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 this is a film very... And there's no nothing else as accurate about Britain as this. You know what I'm giving you in this yeah. in this in this film, but also making it you know making a bit of a joke I, I, myself. I, so I, I love it because when you did the the, the 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 screenings in 2019, it was essentially here's the ones I've done. But since then, you've done so many, and there's been so many things going on in the country that instantly I was thinking. Well, what would you choose, and what would you put together, and how would it go together? So that's fascinating right, that right, you've put right. together a film essentially. That yeah, 
Yeah, and it's it's a kind of scattershot kaleidoscope of sort of Britain, just things clashing against each other, different characters or whatever. You know, it's just all this, you know, it's just what you things that you recognise from England. It's basically little scenes taking place in the country somewhere that forms some sort of mosaic of, of this idea of Britain now and where we are, etc., yeah. etc. Et I love it. Other than that, I've got... Um, I, yeah, I am. I am doing a book, but I'm not, I can't talk about that yet. But um, I mean, there's a few things I actually can't talk about. There's a there's an audio the thing. Way. There's a I have got a, I do I have got a thing in development, a, t- a TV thing. But I think one of the things is trying to maintain the thing that you're doing. The this sort of not necessarily the, the aesthetic, but the sort of principle of what you're doing, and without it being interfered too much, you know. Yeah. Or there's things I can take from certain videos and go, oh, that's, you know, I can, I can actually, that would be really interesting as a book or as a thing, rather than grasping at opportunities for the sake of it, you know, um, yeah. which I think can be a bit short-termist or, I mean, it's pretty, you know, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question, but there's, there's, yeah, I'm just sort of conscious of the fact that I don't want to sort of ruin the thing that I'm doing, really. Yeah, or, or, you know, you know what I mean. I think I'm wording this no, very badly. Because it's really interesting as well, because particularly in film and TV, it's such a, it's an industry that I've really str- str- struggled to adapt to on a creative side. Because when I was doing music or with the podcast, if I wanted to do something, I just did it, and that's again, right. that, that's right. what you get to do. You you want to you come up with an idea, you make it, you put it out. It's a beautiful f- process. Film and TV, you instantly find you seem to be having to ask loads of different people p- a permission to do it. You need to right. have a commissioner right. agree or a producer right. or this person or that person. And it's really weird because I've not figured out what the balance is yet. Part of me wants to just go, no, fuck it, I'll make these things myself. But part mm. of me also has the humbleness to go, no, I need help from people who have experience in, mm. in this area and that mm. area to make something mm. that isn't just the music videos or whatever else. Mm. One of the things I've noticed really in the last year or so in conversations with television people is they, they're very keen in meetings to define what television is. So they go, oh, no, with TV, you have to do this and that, which didn't used to be the case. But I think that is partly being threatened by uh, online comedy and the idea that yeah. people can do what they want. And people are doing some madly inventive stuff with with online comedy. So TV feels like it has to define itself and go, no, you can't just do that on TV because you need this and that, when really you don't. Yeah. You know, but it, it's to really say, no, 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 you have to, We this is important what we do or whatever. You know, when really I sort of wonder now, I go, there's something very intrinsically funny about filming something on a phone to me. It looks funny. It, the, the kind of shit yeah. aesthetic of it. And one of the weird things that I've noticed in TV now is they try and do a lo-fi aesthetic, but spend a lot of money doing it. Yeah. You know, where I'm watching like, there's some people online who do these sort of, people are using effects like, you know this guy, Alistair Becker King, where he's doing this amazing special effects and stuff, and, you know, people have got this technology at their fingertips and they're able to do this stuff, and I think that's probably quite a threat. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff you can't do online, I, which I think is true, you know? You can do 
you know, there's some amazing sort of narrative comedies and stuff and characterization and long form stuff that you just can't replicate. Yeah. You know, but I think with other stuff, this sort of go, oh no, you need to do this and that. But I don't know. I think it feels like we're on the verge of something completely new. I mean, looking at people like, you know, Tim Heidecker from used to do Tim and Eric, where he's self-funding his own series, mm. you know, through a sort of Patreon where he's filming stuff. He's got a crew. I think we're on the sort of precipice of that happening more now. And it's really just, you know, you've got Switch, for example. You watch what Louis doing yeah. and he can switch on a camera and, in, you know, he can film himself for half an hour and it's funnier than anything else you've seen yeah you know anything that's taken a year to write Limmy's a great example because I watch him I was watching him before we came on here I I watch him most mornings it's Lemmy that got got me streaming on Twitch but he never wants to do any TV again because he's found and again it's so many it's so hard for people to get their head round that he could probably have opportunities to do more stuff but he's found what he's found the medium that works for him where he's got complete control, he can enjoy it. And right. as you say, there's some of the, f- the funniest things I've seen. I'm currently watching a guy on Twitch called Balmer, B-A-L-M-E-R, and he's doing – there's a, a Grand Theft Auto roleplay server. So everyone in there is just streamers or non-streamers just playing characters. And honestly, I've watched more of that than any other TV right. show this year because right. the right. – the talent of these improvisers and the bonkers shit that can can happen because again it's the beauty of yeah. it being improvised as well is he'll often say i'm going in here's what i plan to do with my character today but you never know who you're going to bump into you right. never know what else is going to happen right. and in right. this particular server it's called a quiet city there's just all these amazing talents and as i said i'm watching hour upon hour of that yeah. at the moment and i'm behind I, I i'm behind yeah. on game of thrones i'm behind on all these yeah. different huge multi-million dollar productions because yeah. 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 these people yeah. with complete control over their characters are just making this amazing yeah. content well i think that's also you've got to slightly adjust your brain and go it's a completely new way of consuming content or or you know appreciating comedy as than what we're used to it yeah. feels very avant-garde like that idea of yeah. what what people are doing now i mean one of the things now, you, li- you think to yourself, what out of comedy, you go, what do I want? I want to laugh. I want cheering up. What am I going to do? I, I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm listen to a podcast with some funny people, yeah. like, uh, you, you know, the Romesh and Tom Davis or whatever, that one, you yeah. go, these are two funny guys. I'm, I'm 100% going to laugh as soon as I switch it on. It's the quickest, what's the quickest way you can get to stuff? What's the quickest way I can learn about this thing? I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm not watching an hour thing on BBC4 anymore. You know, I'm going on YouTube. What have I got? What's a 20-minute video on something? And, then, you know, there's people are doing this stuff. Again, an, another thing just before we started, I saw that Adam <sighs> Curtis has got a new documentary on the BBC, right. and I think he's amazing. Right. And I list, I just I bought it up on, on my phone to r- record it onto my Skybox. Really excited about it. And then I thought it was I saw it was seven episodes, and I went, "Ah, oh, fucking!" No. I, I, I should be excited. I should be excited because yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It'll be yeah, wonderful. Yeah. But exactly yeah. that, I was like, I was hoping it was like an hour or ninety minutes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm halfway through it. I'm on I'm on episode three. Yeah, and I, I put I put one on while I'm making my dinner. But it's it's brilliant. It's the best thing he's done, and he really? doesn't narrate it. And I wondered where I was watching. It, I thought, I wonder if it's because people took the piss out of him. You know, it's easy to satirise his way yeah. of doing things. Yeah, yeah. You know, that narration he puts on it. There's no narration, and the aesthetic of it is amazing. But <laughs> I, I, 
it is worth it actually. I will so, I'll seven, push through, seven but, hours, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly. That yeah. is so backwards to think I'm really excited about something. Oh, there's more yeah. of it. Yeah. Ugh, that's yeah. annoying. Yeah. Like, that's not how it yeah. should be. I should be yes. Yeah. yeah. Seven hours of this wonder. Yeah. But yeah, I'll get that yeah. started. But the, again, though, that's that's interesting though because we're talking about watching hours and hours of Twitch, and then we're like. I'm not doing that for TV. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and similar with with again, Br- me and Brett talk about this all the time. He thinks the perfect film length is is 90 minutes or there or thereabouts. Oh, 100%, yet equally, yeah. I'll watch a whole series on Netflix. I'll flick to a film yeah. and it'll say it's t- two hours fifteen, and I'll be like, no way, no, no probably way. not. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I Seven more shorter. episodes of Money Heist, sure, go ahead. But no, <laughs> yeah, two yeah. hours ten of yeah. this, no, no, yeah. no, no. No, there's, a, there's, I subscribe to this ch- channel called Shudder. It's like a horror yeah. film channel on yeah. Amazon, and a lot of the films on there are like one hour fifteen, one hour twenty, and I'm like, oh, this is good. This is a good length. Yeah. You know, this is perfect for me. Or, or yeah. I got Shudder. Sh- to watch host and host was oh yeah 70 minutes long it's like yeah yeah perfect. beautiful yeah, yeah thank you yeah yeah i guess if you're I, yeah i I, mean, I don't know why really films have to be so long i think like yeah you can i mean i, spoke, I think it's I for script writers to feel but... professional if i'm mm. if i've got a script <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i've only got yeah, 60 yeah. pages i kind of think i can't sh- show this to anyone yet that's not a proper script yeah, but it bloody yeah. is. I think people sort of knock that idea, don't they? They go, oh, "I think you'll find a film needs to be at least three hours for me to appreciate." It's like books as well. It's like, come on, all I want is tell me, a, tell me a good story and do it. Get on with it. Yeah, and I want to get on with my day. We don't want. I don't want to be profoundly moved. Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, you know, I've <laughs> got, got seven hours of Twitch today. I've got time for this. <laughs> Married at first sight is a new season. I can't watch your film. Exactly. Well, that's perfect <laughs> place. To end, thank you very much for giving your time, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Alistair Green. I hope you enjoyed that chat. I think he's absolutely wonderful. If you're not already following him on socials, I don't know what you're doing. You need to get your act together, to be completely honest. Yeah, get him followed. Keep an eye on. I'm very excited about the film idea. That sounds amazing. So, yeah, keep an eye on all that is to come from Mr. Green. And keep an eye on all that's to come from the Distraction Pieces podcast, because we've been here every Wednesday, we'll be here every Wednesday. Go and delve into the back catalogue if you want. We've got, I was going to say a list of guests, but on a few of the lockdown dr- drunk casts, I've got two different drunk casts in the back catalogue with me, Chris and Stu, Brett Goldstein and Ramesh Ranganathan getting hammered for five or six hours. I've got one with me, Chris Stew, and James A. Caster and Ed Gamble getting hammered for five or six hours. So there's loads of messy stuff to get your teeth into if you're into that kind of thing. There's loads of more serious proper interview episodes as well. Brett and Ramesh and James and Ed have all been on independently as well, as as have Izzy Sooty and Sarah Pascoe and Ashlyn B and Catherine Ryan. Just thinking of comedians now. Frankie Boyle's been on a couple of times. Loads of lovely people. So yeah, 
delve into the back catalogue if you haven't already. Until next week, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.